Hello and welcome back to Dr. Quackers and today we're reviewing Spider-Man 2. Considered to be the best Spider-Man film and the best film in the original Spider-Man trilogy. I completely understand why people would say that. Uh, I haven't seen this movie in well over a decade. Uh, I didn't really like it as much as the first one when I was a kid. I was just like, eh. And I think that's because the story's quite different, and I always liked Green Goblin more than Doc Ock. But as an adult, I can see that this movie is better than the first one. I don't think it's the best Spider-Man movie. Um, I think the best Spider-Man movies, before I review them, um, is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse and Spider-Man No Way Home. I think those are the two best Spider-Man movies. But at the time, I would say those were. this is the titular Spider-Man movie at the time. So... I can agree with that, you know, title. I would say the first film is about responsibility. It's about Peter learning the responsibility that comes with the power he is given. And this film is about sacrifice. The sacrifice you must do to keep up that responsibility. Peter's life is all over the place and has to stop what he wants to do so he can be Spider-Man. NJ's pissed at him. Harry's pissed at him. He keeps losing jobs. His education is slipping. Aunt May is losing her house. And he begins to lose his powers, no longer believing in himself and no longer wants to be Spider-Man. In fact, one of my favorite scenes in this movie is ripped straight from a comic book where Spider-Man throws his suit in a trash can. And you see like the glove and the mask hanging out of the trash can. I think it's cool. And I actually kind of like the arc of Jonah Jameson in this where he, he believes that he failed and that he was too hard on Spider-Man because Spider-Man quits and Doc Ock's still doing his shit. And he's like, the only person I could stop was Doc Ock. It's my fault. And then and Spider-Man ends up taking the suit back from him because James ends up getting it out of the trash can. And then he goes back to hating him because he stole the suit back. Uh, yeah, I think that's funny. I enjoy his character. James Jones Jameson is awesome. Uh, J.K. Simmons, amazing actor in this one. This film also has one of the, one of the best Spider-Man scenes uh, when he stops the train. I think that's an amazing feat of strength and what he's willing to do to save people. And in fact, I love the scene because his mask ends up getting essentially like burned off from an explosion on the train when he's fighting Doc Ock. And the people appreciate him and they, they tell him once he passes out after stopping a, a moving train at full speed... Um, that they will keep his secret and they give him his mask back to put on to cover his face and I think it's one of the nice, best scenes in it it's a be one of the best representations of Spider-Man and your interaction with the people and you know he's the he's the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man so I think that's a great scene and I really enjoy that part also god damn that's some fucking strength uh, he's definitely one of the strongest Spider-Man out there in terms of the live action versions I think he is stronger than the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man now, my favorite villain is still Green Goblin, specifically Willem Dafoe's, but he is not Peter, this Peter's arch nemesis. He's very much a better arch nemesis to Tom Holland's Spider-Man, which is kind of ironic, but Doc Ock is a better villain to this Peter, uh, played by Alfred Molina. Um, they are very much a mirror of each other. I would say like more of like a funhouse mirror where it's the opposite mirrored, but yeah, geniuses who went to the who went other ways after given power. Uh, Doc Ock's turn to villainy is a lot more tragic, uh, much more than Willem Dafoe's or <laughs> Osborne's. His tentacles have an AI program, 
um, that he has a chip on the tentacles to help him basically uh, make a fusion reactor, essentially with the power of a sun. So he needs these tentacles to do it. But when he does the experiment, uh, it it ends up being too much, and basically the electrical fields basically fuse the tentacles to him and destroy the inhibitor chip. So the AI is actually able to take over his thoughts, essentially driving him mad. Uh, and he also thinks he's doing the right thing. He thinks um, if he doesn't make this a successful science project, then that would be the true crime, and that would be the tragedy, because that means uh, Rosie died for nothing, who was his love interest, because uh, when this thing starts to overload, it causes the, the windows to explode and get sucked in, and she literally gets peppered with glass shards to death. I will say this movie is darker in terms of violence than in the first one. Like the way she gets killed and the scene when they try to remove after the explosion and everything goes on, the bunch of doctors try to remove the tentacles from him, but the tentacles obviously, you know, are have an air in them and they fucking brutally murder like the whole room of doctors and the overall violence in general. Like there's a scene where Doc Ock tries to rob a bank and like the, the guards are like, stop right there. And he just grabs this dude by the head and just fucking yeets him across the room. You see him slam his back onto a fucking pillar and then just face plant. And I'm like, holy shit. I mean, there is, you know, things in the first Spider-Man that are, you know, c- considered aggressive and violent. But I feel like that one's like, a, it's just more. I don't know if it's just because it shows a bit more. But, like, when Green Goblin gets violent, he throws, like, this, like, pumpkin bomb, and it, you just get turned to ash. It's not the same as when you get fucking, like, essentially pulled apart, or your head gets crushed by a mechanical tentacle. I mean, I like it. Don't, I'm not, that's not a critique on this. I think it's pretty cool. I like mature, uh, <laughs> superhero storylines, uh, due to the fact that I am no longer a small child. But, yeah, I, I didn't, I don't, I don't know why I didn't really remember that from when I was a kid when I watched this. But yeah, I, I actually kind of like the the violence in it. The music is still awesome. Danny Elfman came back for this film. I think this is the best score for Spider-Man. Yeah, Danny Elfman, the, the I, I'm pretty sure he does all three. I know he at least does the first two. Uh, they're just better than the other films. The other films are kind of generic, like specifically Amazing Spider-Man. And I'm not going to say the Tom Holland Spider-Man films uh, don't have a, a good score. I just think that they're not as good as this one. I, I really like Danny Elfman, so I mean, I really like his Batman score, and I really like his Spider-Man score. So yeah, the special effects are definitely improved, uh, most likely due to the budget. Uh, the tentacles look really cool, the way they move around. I love the integration of the practical effects with the special effects. I think that's where the 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 leap made it look better. I th- they I think they got a better mix of using the practical with the special effects. It makes it look better, especially with the tentacles. The action is still really cool and entertaining. Uh, yeah, I really like all of it. Now, my biggest complaints with this movie is Peter's strength and Mary Jane. I'm going to do uh, Peter. What I mean by Peter's strength is so Doc Ock, his tentacles are made of these like really strong materials and all that shit. Okay. But his, his body is still, you know, just a regular dude. So when Spider-Man, usually in the comics and in the cartoons, and they initially do that, but then they just stop randomly. I don't know why. Um, Doc Ock kind of keeps him away with the tentacles. Because as soon as Spider-Man gets his hands on his actual body, it's pretty much game over. 
Um, but somehow in this film, Spider-Man can punch this motherfucker in the face, kick him multiple times and all this shit. And somehow, you know, he's just fine. Not a scratch on him or anything. Okay. His face is the same. Now I understand like Green Goblin being able to take these punches and shit like that, you know, cause he's also super strong. That makes sense. But Doc Ock's still a regular motherfucker with the tentacles. If he got... It, it's the same complaint I have with Iron Man 2. When the when fucking Tony punches the fucking ba- uh, whiplash in the face during the race. His face would literally explode. Like, what are you talking about? Spider- and Spider-Man's way, way stronger than any Iron Man suit or anything like that. I, Spider-Man's kicked Iron Man's ass in the comics. When Spider-Man would connect with a punch with these, let alone multiple... It would knock Doc Ock out fucking cold. Now, the only time that ever happens is at the very end of the movie when he gets in close and he starts beating the shit out of him. Now, I'm like, okay, yeah, that's the only accurate part of the the fights. Somehow, Aunt May hitting Doc Ock in the face with an umbrella does more damage than Spider-Man punching him in the fucking face. He even breaks his glasses. Spider-Man punches this motherfucker in the face. Glasses, fine. Aunt May, I don't know if she just has like a secret of ultra instinct ability where she hits him in the face and the glasses shatter and everything like that and he gets like completely debilitated for like fucking two minutes here. What is going on? How does that work? What kind of power scaling is Aunt May on? <laughs> I don't know. It's not a huge thing, and I, I could see why someone really was nitpicking. No, it, it bugs me. It bugs me. Because I'm like, well, what? how is he able to do these insane feats of strength, but then a punch can't knock out a regular motherfucker with metal tentacles? So, yeah. I would, I would understand that, like, if they explained that, like, the tentacles somehow, like, made him stronger, or, like, the way that it's infused in his spine... If it, it, it was something like that, I could I could be like, okay, whatever, I'll give it a bit of a pass. But they don't, so no, that's I think this is a fair complaint. Also, Mary Jane, fuck Mary Jane, okay? I don't like Mary Jane in any of these movies. She's annoying, and she just gaslights Peter all the time. And here's the thing, at the end of the first film, it's alluded that she figures out that he's Spider-Man. Because when they kiss, she's like, oh, I remember that kiss, that was Spider-Man, Okay. She even does this in the movie. In this movie, too. She she kisses her fiancé, who is James John Jameson's son, uh, John Jameson, who is a famous astronaut, and all that stuff went to the moon, uh, all that shit. He's an American hero. And so she gets engaged to him and gets with him to make Peter jealous. Awesome. And then when she's like, oh... You're, you're not Spider-Man, though. So she, she does, like, the upside-down kiss with John. She's like, nah... It's not the same as Spider-Man. And then she's like, Peter, you kiss me because I think you're Spider-Man. Why the fuck are you giving so much shit this entire movie? The whole movie she's like, oh, you don't make enough time for me. You don't do all this and that. If you know he's fucking Spider-Man, what's the confusion, lady? Why do you think he's not there? Because fucking this city is a goddamn cesspool of crime. What are you fucking talking about? This shit is crazy. What? What, what complaints do you fucking have? Now, the only time where I was like, okay, Peter, that's a bit much, was like literally, well, like one scene before, he was like, I love, well, it's when he quit being Spider-Man, to be fair. And he was like, no, I could, I could be there for you. And then like, when he realizes he needs to be Spider-Man again, he's like, you know what? I actually can't. And then she finds out later that he's Spider-Man, which I'm like, okay, why? 
why are you like this, Mary Jane, the whole movie? Now, it's nothing against Kirsten Dunst. It's not her performance that's a problem with me. I just don't like the way she's written. She annoys the shit out of me in almost every film. She's just a damsel in distress. I'm not a big fan of damsel distresses if they're just done this way. Because Mary Jane's pretty much whole fucking character in this, the first one and in the second one is just a scream and run. <laughs> it's just fucking stupid. She just, she's, she's just there to scream and for fucking Peter to be like, Mary Jane! Like, that's essentially the whole, her whole character arc. It's just that she is obnoxious and she screams. That's, uh, that's it. So, yeah. Now... I give this movie an 8 out of 10. I think it's a great movie. I think it's I think it's a little bit better than the first one. Because uh, I gave the first one a 7. This one's an 8. So, yeah. Um, I definitely like this more than I rem- than I thought I would. Because I remember being like, eh, towards the movie when I was a kid. But I like it a lot more as an adult. So, that's a big plus. At least now I have another Spider-Man movie that I can watch a lot. <laughs> so, yeah. I hope you enjoyed this review. If you did, I have reviewed a couple other Spider-Man movies, so if you want to go check those out, I highly appreciate it. Also, I review all kinds of other shit, and also a lot of other superheroes, so if you like superhero content, I've reviewed quite a bit of superhero comic book movies, so go check those out. Highly appreciate it. Also, drop a follow whenever you're streaming me through. That way, it gives you notification when I post a new review, and that way you can listen to it, because, you know, join, 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 uh, become a minion. (laughs) Become a minion of Dr. Quackers. So, yeah. Also, summertime is coming. Okay, you know, people like to feel confident when they go to places where, you know, you take off your shirt and stuff like that. You like to feel healthy. You like to be confident. And I want you to help yourself build that confidence by visiting Viking Fitness. So please stay tuned for the sponsors. Hello, Minions, and I would like to talk to you about how to improve your health and fitness by joining the Horde of Viking Fitness. There are no crash diets or short-term gains. You will be given the tools you need to grow and prosper. Viking Fitness's goal is to teach people how to lead a healthy lifestyle. The creator of Viking Fitness used to lead a very unhealthy lifestyle, unchecked vices, and no care for his health, until he rekindled his love for lifting weights which led to him becoming a health professional, getting his education and training in nutrition. His mission now is to help those who want to better themselves for the long term. If you would like to be one of those people, go to vikingfitnessnh.com or search Todd Norrisman, N-O-R-S-E-M-A-N, on Facebook. Mention Dr. Quackers for a discount.